this morning as we uh, consider moms. Um, I, uh, I was thinking about the special blessing my mom was and is to me, uh, and also the mom uh, of my children, uh, what a blessing she is to me and my children, and uh, now my mother-in-law is with us as well, and the blessing she has been, and even I was talking with her in the last uh, day about her mom, and uh, just how those things we learn uh, our role and learn how to do things, and uh, the magnificence of God's plan for the family, and not just for the family, but for His church and for generations. Um, moms are a special blessing, uh, and also moms have special and specific struggles, too, uh, that go along with the role that they're supposed to be and the blessing that they have been made. Um, and so uh, they need our encouragement. Uh, I think that if you want to uh, think about moms, uh, think about ways that uh, you can be a blessing to them and encourage them. Uh, chances are, uh, between their own thoughts and the thoughts of this world, they have enough criticism uh, that uh, they feel overwhelmed at what the past has been and things they should have done and wanted to do and thought they should do, uh, but the regrets and the, the burdens of that, um, they don't need another one. And so for you to think through the, the moms in your life and to uh, think about ways that you can encourage them uh, with kind words uh, that would help them to keep going. Today we are going to be digging into a psalm, uh, and I just call it a psalm for mom, and it's uh, Psalm 40. You can turn there. Uh, so thank you, moms. Thank you for the job that you do. Please don't quit your job. Please don't quit your job. Don't even go on strike. We can't afford it. Uh, uh, we cannot afford it. Psalm chapter 40, uh, if you stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you um, this psalm. It's, it's fairly long for us. Um, we usually don't go through this many verses, but uh, what a beauty, beautiful psalm and a blessing to us. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined uh, to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, uh, making my steps secure. He, he put a new song in my mouth, a, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, uh, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, uh, yet they are more that can be more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering, you have uh, not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering, uh, you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in, in the scroll of the book that is written of me. Um, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is written 
within my heart. I have told the the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number, and my iniquities have overtaken me. And I I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame who have disappeared. Put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. But many, but 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 may all who seek you rejoice and be glad. May those who love your salvation say continue, continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. You're my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. God, we ask your blessing on this beautiful psalm. Uh, May it uh, strengthen our hearts now that we might know the one that we trust in is sufficient for us. God, do your work in us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You realize, of course, that this is not just a psalm for mom. If you're not a mom here today, this psalm is for you as well. In fact, it wasn't written to moms. Uh, It was uh, most likely uh, King David writing this as a king, a man of influence, um, a man of position, a man of pressure. And uh, as we look at this this morning, I trust that you will find courage. Uh, I've shared this with you before about the Psalms. Uh, Psalms are a great place for you to go when your heart is heavy, uh, when you're struggling, uh, because they reveal the character of God. They reveal about His power and His strength, His forgiveness, His His uh, care for you in the midst of life. And um, you'll also see... Uh, struggling humans in desperate times. And so that may be a cur- encouragement for you as you struggle through difficult times at times that God ordains in your life. This morning, I'd just like to walk through this passage. And as it starts, um, it starts... It, it's a difficult translation. The, the first verse says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Um, as the, the Hebrew kind of is, is a different language than English, and it's hard to translate sometimes, but um, you could translate this, and maybe a better uh, picture is waiting, I waited. <laughs> waiting, I waited. It's the idea that... Um, there was this sense of waiting upon waiting. Uh, it was 
you know, you're looking at your watch, you're, you're considering the time, you're passing the days. And it, it's in hope, it's not that you ha- feel like uh, it, it's not going to happen, that God can't be trusted, but it's going on too long. Uh, can some of you relate to that this morning? Uh, trials of your life have gone on too long. And you, maybe you look back and you remember days where you just go, it went on for, I, I remember thinking, oh yeah, God, he's going to show up. He's going to fix this problem. Uh, it, it's going to be gone and he'll get the glory. And those days went on where you hoped and thought that. Um, this is the picture that the psalmist remembers. And this first section is the past success of the Lord. And, and right now, I, I would like you to even think in your mind, uh, in the past of God's life that he's given you, can you remember a time of despairing, of of tough days, and then God showed up? I I don't say that he showed up because he wasn't there before, because he was, but that you realized his salvation. You realized that he brought you out of the situation. As we go on in this uh, this psalm, he describes this waiting uh, patiently as he cried out that God inclined his ear to him. In verse 2, he says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. Um, this picture, these two descriptions, the pit of destruction and the miry bog, it's the idea of the pit of death. And it's not that you are dead, but that you're in a pit that people die in. Uh, it's You can't get out. This miry bog is like you are stuck and you can't get out. Uh, I want to emphasize that word stuck this morning. Um, You might feel this morning that you're stuck. You're stuck in a place. Stuck in a place of guilt. You're stuck in a place of sin. You're stuck in a, a mess financially, a health issue. You say, I'm just stuck. I can't move. There's no way of getting out of the mess that I am in. The psalmist is remembering a time for him where he was in that pit of destruction, of that that miry bog. It's the idea that uh, if you can picture yourself stuck in the mud or stuck in a, a pit in the mud, and there's no way to get out. There's no one that can hear you. There's no possibility of someone coming to your rescue. This is the description that, that the psalmist is recollecting. Um, and, and this is what he says. And this is how a lot of the, the poetry works. It talks about something and then it shows the corresponding uh, in the same line. He says, He drew me up from the pit of my destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock. What a different picture. This solid uh, protected uh, place where you can move and run. It, 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 it's the s- solid next to that which you can't get out of. And he says, I was there and, and God did his work. He inclined his ear to me and pulled me out of this mess and placed me on a rock. The psalmist remembers the faithfulness of God. It doesn't just say he saved him. He says this, Uh, Verse 3, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. 
And that's just a testimony, right? He, he changes someone's life. He takes them out of that pit, puts them on a rock. He gives them a new song. Uh, he blesses them with a joyful song, a song that is such a song that others look to him and they follow in the path of trusting in God. And uh, it's this testimony that is effective in the lives of others, that they would put their trust in the Lord. I want to tell you that uh, this is one of the great messages of practical messages of the Old Testament. God has been faithful in the past, and so we can now apply that character of God's faithfulness, His salvation, to whatever's going on in the present. Whatever's going on in the present. We take, we see what he's done in the past, and so we know of his goodness or we've heard of his goodness. He can be trusted for whatever is going on today. Past success of the Lord. You go on in this psalm to hear uh, from the psalmist as he, as he shares it. He, he's speaking, great is our God. Verse 4, uh, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his, uh, his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds, your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them. Yet they are more that can be told. There's a, a contrast here uh, between our great uh, praiseworthy God and others. Others. Uh, the one who can be trusted and those who can't be trusted. It says, uh, makes the Lord his trust, verse 4, who does not turn to the proud to those who go astray after a lie. You know, your life is going to look different uh, depending on who you trust in. It's going to look different. It's going to have a different outcome. It's going to affect uh, your, your countenance and your soul. It's going to affect that. If you trust in the Lord, your life will be one way. But if you chase after the proud or listen to those who believe in lies, it will look a different way. And it's a, a contrast there. And the psalmist, in his judgment and in inspired judgment, he just says, incomparable God. Incomparable God. Uh, there's insufficient news coverage of God. I could speak of his goodness all the time and it would be insufficient. Uh, it would only be telling part of the story because he's so good. As great as our God. He goes from these, speaking of these past successes of the Lord, he speaks of just the greatness of his God and the need for him to be a, a voice in speaking of his goodness. Uh, to ver, uh, my third point, verse six, that, that it brings in his heart a willing obedience. Uh, in the Old Testament, this comes up over and over again, and it's this. Uh, is very subtle but important distinction. He says in this passage and other parts of the scripture, this comes out as well. It says, in, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted. Uh, it's not just in doing something. And, and yet, in the Old Testament, 
uh, he called them to sacrifice. There were different sacrifices and offerings that they were to give. But it wasn't just sacrificing and doing. Um, sometimes we get, uh, we get confused on who our God is, that somehow just doing our homework, turning in a piece of paper, or uh, checking off a box, or handing over a bill, is somehow... That's what God's excited about and that he wants you to just turn in homework or check off a box or pay a bunch of money. And then God is somehow pleased. (laughs) The writer of the psalm, like I said prior, most likely David, uh, it says, he says, this is not what delights the Lord, but uh, he says, but you have given me an open ear, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And then he, he turns from the sacrifices in verse 6 to the word of God, the scroll. Uh, verse 7, he says, then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God, your law is within my heart. David most likely had his copy of the scriptures at that point. He'd been given that as becoming a king. And so he had access to that uh, really uh, better than anybody of his day. And so for him, he knew, and not just that he knew that he had the scriptures, the scroll, but that he was part of the family line that all this was coming through. And he knew that. But none of that, uh, he, he sensed this commitment and this idea that says, this is my book. This is the one that I follow. And in, uh, in simplicity in verse 8, he says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. There's a difference. There's a difference between living a life that does for show and living a life that does and seeks after God for delight or for joy. We should, this heart that David pours out and, and that he pictures is not just, I'm, I'm obeying a bunch of rules. I'm trying to be right. It's not that. He's saying, I, in relationship with the, my God, I want to do what he wants me to do because it's good for me. It's pleasing to him. That's different than following a bunch of rules, right? It's this idea of us desiring relationship with him, a closeness with him. It's doing, it's doing for delight, for delight. It's loving his word in such a way that you want to obey. So there was a willing obedience. We move on to verse 9, and really. Uh, this section I've, I've labeled much talking about our God, much talking. And, and really this whole psalm brings this out. But this section specifically in verse 9, he says, I have told of the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your uh, deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great con- congregation. 
Listen to that and hear these words. I have told, I have not restrained my lips. I have hidden, I have not hidden. I have spoken, I have not concealed. Some of us, um, some of us talk too much and some of us don't talk enough. And most of us who talk too much, we talk about the wrong things too much. And most of the time, uh, those of us who talk too little, we have something to say, we just haven't said it. And some of the things that we want to say, we probably shouldn't say anyways, it's better that we stayed silent, right? You figure it out. Um, the psalmist is not talking about boasting about the things that he loves. He's not talking about his opinions about politics. He's not talking about uh, the intricacies of his recreational uh, ideas, right? He is saying, I am speaking. I am uh, finding opportunity to give God the credit for what he has done. And the danger that he said that he didn't do it, is this idea of restraining, of not speaking. Um, I, I want to tell you that if you think, if you think inside, if you think inside, God has been good to me. If you think that, tell somebody. Tell somebody. And who should you tell? Think about the people that you should tell. Think Who, who should you tell that God has been good to you? Uh, moms, how about your kids? How about your kids? You take a time out in your day. It just pops up as you're, you're thinking about what, and just say, you know what, kids, I got something important to tell you. This is so important. This is going to blow your mind. God's been good to us. And this is how. Give them specifics. This, this is what God did. So that they would know, they would know in the little bits and times of their day and their upbringing that it wasn't we came from a great family, but that we had the blessing of God in our home. And so he gets the credit. The psalmist was talking about in the, in the congregation, in the great, this is the great congregation, by the way. If you read Psalm 40, this is what he's speaking of. This is as great as it gets right here, right? Um, you're going, well, that's not really great. Yes, but it's the great one, right? Um, it, it's the idea of giving credit to God that when he does something great, that he gets the credit. It's not this guy. It's not us collectively being great. It's him. And as he brings us through difficult times, as he provides for us when we could not provide for ourselves, he gets the credit. He gets the, the speaking from our lips about his goodness. As we move on uh, in this psalm, so far so good, right? Um, now it comes in verse 11 to the present problem. Or present problems. Some of you have more than one, right? Uh, it's not just that this is the problem of my life. It's the, these are the top five, you know, I got a longer list, but these are the five that are on the radar right now. And anyone can, it's like a, a top 10 list. People, the rankings go up and down as the weeks go on. Um, he comes, the present problems in verse 11. Uh, he, 
it's a backdrop, and this is almost always true in the Psalms. There's problems within me, and there's problems out there. There's evil men uh, pushing in on me. There, there's also the stuff inside of me, but there's also just living in a sinful world. Listen to that for that as I read. As for you, O Lord, you will not... Uh, yeah. As, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me and your steadfast love, your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Verse 11, that's his, uh, I trust him. I trust him in the midst of this. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. The, those are the problems outside of his life. And then my iniquities have overtaken me. That's his own problems. And I cannot see. I cannot see. Uh, you, you've had that feeling before, right? The present problems in your life have caused you not to be able to see moving forward. See clearly what's going on today. See, it just doesn't make sense to you. And then uh, th these are passages that stand out for me. Uh, they are more than the hairs of my head. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't look like me. He probably had a big bush of hair. Probably was, you know, had the finest shampoos of the day. Um, and he said, you know, I, I'm a hairy beast, and I, I, the, the, I can't count those numbers. And they, this is what I feel like. I can't, I can't figure it out. It's too much for me. And so. Uh, he says, my heart fails me. My heart fails me. Um, and he's not saying his God fails him. He's saying his heart, his strength. He's out of gas. He's at the end of his rope. He, he has no more resources. Uh, by the way, don't be surprised when that happens. Do not be surprised. Uh, your weakness uh, in the midst of life will be revealed over and over and over again. Your lack of strength and your lack of energy and your lack of power will be revealed over and over again. Don't fear that. Don't fear that. Acknowledge it when it shows up, as even the psalmist did for us forever, right? This is his eternal word. Psalmist says, you know, my heart fails. And then he calls out to God, verse 15, Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. I, I like how he says, uh, could you hurry up, please? He's going to say it again, by the way. Uh, he, he, verse 14, he says, let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back who brought dishonor, uh, who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because uh, of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. This last uh, portion I just read to you is that, you know what? Uh, and especially if you're in a position of leadership, David, uh, there were plenty of people who were cheering for his demise. They, they were hoping that he would fail. And I want to tell you, uh, when you look at the family, you look at the family, your family, I hate to say this, but there are probably people that look on your, upon your family and hope that you fail. They're cheering for that. 
And in the midst of this, this is the problem for the psalmist. Well, the last section, starting in verse 16, um, I have titled, My Only Hope. My Only Hope. My Only Hope. Uh, We have sung in this way today as well. Verse 14, uh, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. He acknowledges once again that his God is great, though his heart is failing. And then listen to this. Listen to the Psalms, verse 17. As for me, I am poor and needy. I'm poor and needy. Uh, Many of us have driven around, probably all of us have driven around and seen someone poor. And you say, oh, such a pity they're poor. (laughs) Oh, they're needy. They have needs. Uh, You know, give them a few bucks or I'll say a silent prayer or something. They're poor and needy. And, you know, they... They're the ones that are hurting. They're the ones that are out of resources. Uh, This is probably the king of Israel. He says, I am poor and needy. I'm poor and needy. I want to tell you, moms, get used to saying that. In your own soul before the Lord, I am poor and needy. Apart from you, I'm the one that's helpless, and you are the one who has it all. I am poor and needy. And then, not just that I'm poor and needy, but he says, but the Lord takes thought of me. The, the, the idea that even in my poor and desperate need, that the God of the universe, the one that great is our God, right? That that God, he cares about me. He, he knows where I am. He knows what's going on. He, he takes, uh, his thoughts are of me, that, that he doesn't forget about me in my need. He doesn't shun me because of my need. You know, sometimes you go, you know, I'm just a bother to people because I'm so needy. I want to tell you that that may be true of people, but that will never be true of God. In fact, those are the only ones he accepts, the poor and the needy. And then once again, um, the psalmist says this. He says, you are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Do not delay. Could you hurry up? Could you hurry up? Could, could you not delay? I, I need you now. And if you could do it right now, uh, that'd be great. Because you're my God. Four things uh, I want to tie up our, our time with this morning. Moms, thanks for being here today. Uh, thank you for uh, dragging your family here and, and considering this a priority. I always love that moms could do anything on a day like today. And many moms have come to church because they wanted to be with God's people. Um, four things. Uh, first one is this. Um, I remember hearing this uh, growing up at a girls' softball game. He did it before, and he will do it again. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of cliche, and it's kind of a chant, and you know, going like this and everything. But I, I want to tell you, that's uh, how we live life. We look back to God's faithfulness. We look back to what he's done before. We look back on the wondrous things that he's already accomplished. And in the midst of it, we, we can say this, he did it before and he'll do it again. He can be trusted with whatever's going on. Second, talk about his successes. Not your successes. Not your successes. Talk about his successes. And some of you say, well, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't seen him. I, 
think harder, okay? Um, if you're not seeing the kindness of the Lord in your life, you're blind. You're blind. And it's probably that you're consumed with self, and it's probably that you're in a selfish spot. Take some time with the Lord to see his successes, and then talk to others about them. Talk about it with your kids. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your coworkers, your, your extended family. Talk about the successes of the Lord. Um, it'll bring joy to your heart to know that God's been so good to you and that you're talking about it. Thirdly, trust Him, for He cares for you today. He cares for you today. He's the only help and deliverer for the poor and the needy. He's the only one. You know, if, if you're in the midst of something right now, trust Him. It, it's just, you know, as you worry and your cares well up to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this because I, I can't do it. I'm the poor and the needy. You're the one, the God of all salvation, right? You're the one who saves. You're the one that's merciful. Um, so I'll trust in you. You're the God of salvation. And lastly, I want to say this. This psalm, uh, some of says it, say it points to the Messiah. And I believe it does. Um, because all that was accomplished in this psalm, this idea of uh, being salvation for the poor and the needy. Uh, there's a person in the New Testament that does that. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he's the only one that ha can help you out in your mess. I want to tell you that right now. And the greatest thing, that the greatest issue that we have in life is our own sins before a holy God. And I want to tell you, um, don't push on to a better life or to, uh, to just, you know, somehow make your life better today. The, th the thing that will make your life better today is that if you trust in Jesus Christ, that you have forgiveness of your sins, that you have uh, a relationship with him that will go on to eternity. They will bring you into his uh, presence for eternity after this life. That is the thing. That's the one thing for the poor and the needy. Uh, they become rich because of what Jesus did on the cross. Please join with me in prayer. God, thank you uh, for the blessing of being before your word. God, I ask that you would uh, remind us of these truths, that we would uh, see in the midst of seeing ourselves as poor and needy, we would also see you as our only salvation. God, help us to trust you. Uh, sometimes we get all stirred up inside and we worry about the things of the day and the things of the future. And Lord, uh, you have shown your faithfulness in the past and we know we can trust you for the future as well. God, we ask that uh, we would be speakers of your goodness, that we'd be glorifying you with our mouths because you deserve all the glory and all the praise uh, for the kindness you've shown us. Thank you for this time. We thank you for the moms here today. Ask your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen.